You have just made the best decision of your day by choosing to listen to the Holistic Bitches Unfiltered Podcast with me, Leslie Rubinoff, the OG Holistic Bitch. You're guaranteed to laugh, have a what the fuck moment, and truly be inspired to change small things in your life that will have you reaping the rewards of living a truly holistic life, mind, body, and soul. Welcome back to the Holistic Bitches Unfiltered Podcast with your host, Leslie Rubinoff, the OG Holistic Bitch. And today is an interesting twist. So I have my good friend, Avi Gordon here. And Avi is a social philosopher and author of the spiritual novel, A Light in the Tunnel. He currently serves as the director of the Integral Yoga Teachers Association at Yogaville, Virginia, a global organization over 10K teachers with centers worldwide. He also is the host of the Integral Yoga Podcast. Avi has also been a school teacher for students of all ages in Taiwan, Israel, South Korea, and the U.S. And guys, what a treat because Avi is literally like a male Barbara Walters. His interviewing skills, his composure, and the way that he speaks, and just his intelligent mind is so special. And I asked Avi to come here to actually interview me. So I'm going to pass it to Avi to say hello and to take this wherever it may go. All right. Thanks, Leslie. Appreciate that. All right. I have a first question for you here. I've heard you say before that you're on a mission to change millions of lives. Why are you on that mission? Great question, obviously. I'm on that mission because I truly believe that I've been put on this planet to serve others and a million people at the time when I wanted to reach that goal seemed like very advantageous. Um, if you look at how many one million is, it's massive. Um, and I feel that if I could reach a million people and a million people can hear my voice and they can see my style and see the lifestyle that I live, that it could hopefully inspire them and motivate them, help them to change small habits, uh, encourage them um, to, to change their life and understand that we have a body that can get sick, but we also have a body that is very capable of healing itself. And, and that's truly my mission in life is to just show up for others um, and do the best that I can as I've been put on this planet to do. It's my purpose. It's my passion. And um, I'm so grateful to have, I don't even know where it all comes from, but the wisdom that I do to help others. Hmm. But still, I'm a little curious as to like why. What is that doing doing for you to serve others? Like what inside of you is calling you to spend your time invested in the health and well-being of other people? Truthfully is I feel that so many people don't have somebody to ask. I feel that so many people are stuck, they're lost, they're confused um, and don't have access. And for me, it's just it's my, it's my soul's purpose. It's, it's what I like, you know, some people are meant to be writers and some people are meant to build buildings. I'm meant to deconstruct and rebuild human bodies. That, that, that's what I'm supposed to do. And why, why is that such a strong passion is because I believe I have the tools that can, um, I've been blessed with that and I want to make sure that I'm utilizing that, um, and sharing that with anybody that wants to listen. And I think healing is confused in today's world. I think we're a very fearful society. Um, 
I think we trust so easily those with designations and letters in front of their names, which is fine. But I think to encourage others to really be their own advocate, nobody knows your body better than you do. Um, so I guess I'm just a messenger. It's just, I don't know. That's, that's just everything that encompasses me. Hmm. I've been curious if you can share a little bit about like how your mind works, because I've heard you just kind of explode with information that I like, I hear, I hear you speak about what's going on in the body and, you know, even scientific data and just all of this knowledge. And I know for myself, like it's, it's challenging to, um, to like study in that kind of way to acquire that kind of knowledge and then have it be like so rooted inside myself that I can offer it to someone else. So I'm curious, like, what is your process for like discovering information and knowledge that can be useful? I swear the best way that I can truthfully answer this is I believe in past lives. Um, And I truly believe that I was a healer. I was a doctor. I was a a practitioner of plant medicine thousands and thousands of years ago. And I really walked into this life um, with that knowledge. Um, When I went back to school, for me, the program was so easy. And it was a program that so many people were like, it's a difficult program. It's stressful. It made me sick. And I walked in there and I was just like, this is so easy. It's so practical. It's like I had heard it all before. And it's not that it was easy. I mean, anatomy, biochemistry, body, how the body metabolizes. I mean, it definitely wasn't easy. Um, I think that I, the way my mind works is definitely different to how other people's minds work, which is totally fine. Um, I think I have like this really high level of processing, absorbing information, storing information, photographic memory. Um, I'm like a sponge. So when I, when I learn, I truly just absorb and store information. And then because of the way that my memory works right now, and hopefully I can keep it that way with my, my wellness practices is just, there's so much stored there. And when someone fires me a question, it's almost like an instant response, but then there's also something called intuition. Um, and intuition for me is very strong. I've been very connected to my intuition since I was very young. And when I work with my clients or I'm speaking and somebody asks a question, it's almost very instant that I could tap into them, connect to them and kind of like do a scan, um, of their body and their mind and just know what's going on. If that makes any sense. I don't know. It makes sense in my crazy mind. (laughs) Yeah, I think it does. But you were saying that, okay, you have this photographic uh, memory, so to speak, or an ability to digest a lot of information. But you were saying specifically in terms of kind of like health related things or plant medicine, is that the one area where you're able to do that? Or you're just able to do that with any information? Listen, if you start asking me algebra questions, I'm going to miserably fail because I'm not good with that. So, I mean, there are certain areas that I, I definitely exceed in and there are certain areas that I'm going to pass off to a bookkeeper and an accountant. And that, that would be like the numbers of how my mind works with numbers. But in terms of information, if I like it, I store it. Like if you start, you know, I always said like, I could probably go on jeopardy if the categories were general, but you start giving me like authors and you start giving me historical mm. periods and, 
even geography, I probably wouldn't be the winner of that episode. But if you start giving me like general questions in the potpourris and then just questions that I could kind of link words together, I could probably do very well. I mean, no Ken Jennings, but like, I think I could hold my own, maybe in the teen champion. (laughs) I think you said something there that is really important about if I like it, then I can store it, right? Like if I'm interested in it and it seems that that's, that's the way it works. Like if we're kind of forcing ourselves to, oh, I got to study for this exam or, you know, take in this information, then that doesn't work. But if I'm genuinely interested, then it just happens naturally. Yeah. And I always said like, you know, when I, when I was in school, when I was younger, I fucking hated school. It was so boring but it was also the way in which it was taught to me that it just, it didn't enter. It didn't, it went in one ear and out the other ear because I didn't care. It wasn't practical. Mm. It wasn't, it wasn't the way in which I learned. And I think that's a problem with our school systems that it's like a one way street and you could put five kids in a room and each one of those five kids are going to have a very different learning style. So what I wanted to do well in school, I did well, I'd get a hundred percent. I'd get my eighties, my nineties, but I didn't care. I didn't, I didn't care to, when I was in public school and high school to be like, I want a copy off of her sheet. You know, like I, I didn't care. It was, I was just like, maybe intuitively I knew that like half the shit you were teaching me was never going to pull forward in my life to make me smarter or to, you know, help me find my way in life because it certainly didn't. So it wasn't until I really went back to school and did this program at the Institute of Holistic Nutrition was it like, yeah, I got this. You can copy off of my sheet because I'm going to get perfect because it just resonates <laughs> practical. And um, I want to be that brownie in this this class, you know? So it, it it's all based on how things are taught to us and how well you resonate with them and then how practical are they. Hmm. So wellness of, of body and mind is something that you do care about, it seems like. So what is what is your journey toward better wellness look like? Oh, well, it had to start with not being well. (laughs) That's, I think, where most of us jump on the journey is when we are really not well. Um, I had emotional stuff when I was younger. Who doesn't, right? So it was one, not understanding that from a younger age of what that looked like, how that manifested in the body, um, and what that was doing to me, to then switching gears and trying to start connecting those dots, being diagnosed with PCOS, being diagnosed as a pre-diabetic when I was really young and being like, what the fuck is happening? Like, I don't want to be sick. I want to be healthy. Um, Everything inside me is vitality. So I need to transfer that and start unpacking the shit, unclogging my bowels because I was like a huge dairy consumer when I was a kid. I remember going for I don't know, something for my bladder. And they couldn't see anything because I was literally impacted with shit. Um, and I was like eating cheese strings and blocks of cheese and like food-like products at that point when I was under the age of 12. Uh, and it was the foundation of building unhealthy habits and unhealthiness inside of me. So once I started to connect and understand that it was a challenge for myself to figure this out, and then embarking on the challenge to figure it out and reverse those things and change my life um, was instrumental in connecting my purpose to its passion. Um, And then just wanting to truly be a mouthpiece for this space, to want to do it my way, to be real about it, to share, you know, what went down in my life, um, break down those walls because 
everybody is similar. Regardless of what it is, the character of pain and the feeling of pain is the same and the feeling of healing is the same universally when we look at it as that practice of being unwell, being well, healing, and then stepping into vitality. And that doesn't mean that I was consistent with it forever. Um, there's definitely been periods in my life where it was good and then it wasn't good and then it was good and then it wasn't good. And even just looking at um, the pandemic, you know, what a fuckery of a time, you know, where we are all just, there was a lot of fear going on. Um, people were stressed out. People weren't sleeping. Um, and I just was like, fuck it. I'll stay home. I'll smoke weed every night. I'll eat shit. Why not? Let's have fun with this. And then I started to see what it was doing to me and it started to frighten me. Um, and I was like, nope, not going all the way back to gaining all my weight and not going back all the way to not having an active lifestyle and never going back to that deepest, darkest time of depression and just not wanting to live. I didn't want to go there. So I had to get my shit together again and um, put myself in gear to be the component of wellness that I portray and to be the component of wellness that I want others to see. And I want to be a reflector of that. So it is so important to me. And it's important for people to also know that like I'm a human being. So shit happens. And I'm not perfect in everything that I want to be all the time. But I am trying to find that balance to live in that vitality so that I really truly walk my walk and talk my talk. It's very important to me. It makes me think about growth. And something slightly challenging about the human experience seems to be that we don't know how much better it can be until we experience the better. And do you find that to be like a real obstacle, both like for yourself and serving other people? It's like, it's hard to, it's hard to know, you know, like it's hard to know how much better I can feel because I don't know, all I know is is the situation that I'm in right now. And you kind of have to go sometimes really low to say, oh, okay, uh, this is not working. But what even, what even about that like middle place where it's like, oh, it's kind of okay. You know, it's not too bad. How do we motivate ourselves to, to kind of thrive? Great fucking question. Um, listen, most people have to become unwell to know what that feels like. And they have to get so sick that they want to start taking care of themselves. Like we're completely fucking backwards. And then they know if they do the work, what the other end feels like. They know what the wellness feels like. And they also know what the in-between just satisfactory feels like. Um, and you can't know unless you've been there in the space of vitality and in the space of unwell. We kind of can all maybe understand the middle space. But, you know, people say to me, why do you juice? I'm like, do you know what that fucking does? <laughs> like, do you know what that does energetically, synergetically in the body? Do you know what that makes me feel? Like even now being on a juice cleanse for an extended period of time that I haven't been overly public with about this time because it really was more for me. But even just my intuition, um, my ability to give up bad habits of smoking weed every single day, um, working out every single day. When you start to achieve goals and you start to be in that space where I am right now, 
it's almost like everything is possible. There's no obstacles that stand in my way that deflect me. They're just, everything's reachable. I could do whatever I want. And that's speaking from an optimal space of vitality. And unless you've been there, unless you've juiced for a hundred days, you can't understand what that feels like. And I'm not saying everybody stop eating and, and start juicing. But what I'm saying is that that's one, one side of an extreme vitality of practicing sweating every day in an infrared sauna, uh, practicing coffee enemas, fueling my cells, taking in the right herbs, um, exercising every day, um, practicing moments of stillness and affirmations and just being like on your fucking game. You know, you look at someone like Tom Brady, that guy is like on, you know, and he's on um, because he's been trained to be on. That doesn't mean he's not going to have a a loss. He's going to lose games for sure. But that's that spectrum of it. And then you look at the, I've been at that unwell spectrum where I undid all my good habits and I was depressed and I didn't want to live. And I know what that feels like. Um, So I think you have, you can only know what you know when you get there. And so many people will start to do things and they'll start to feel better And then they'll kind of stop because they're like, okay, I feel good. And they don't push through that threshold of what's better, what's best, you know? So there's that good, better, best. So I say most people probably live in the good. And then a small percentage live in the better and a very small percentage live in the best. How about this um, tendency to ping pong a little bit? Like, all right, now, now I'm like really down and out and I'm just like throwing throwing all my health like to the wind out the window and you know, I'm eating whatever the fuck I want and drinking whatever I want and all that. It's just like, just like screw it. Like, I don't care. I don't care about myself. I don't care about anything. Like that's the place that I get to. And then eventually, okay, that's, that's not working. I need to change. And then now I'm like, okay, I'm exercising all the time and I'm doing all the right things and I'm, you know, I'm healthy and, and I'll do that for a while. And and maybe there's something there that's not serving me either. Maybe the pressure to do all of that or, or whatever it is. So eventually like something happens, maybe I slip a little bit, maybe I don't honor a commitment that I made to myself. And then that's the catalyst towards the under other end to this of the spectrum. And so it's just like along across, uh, across a long period of time, I'm just moving back and forth between these extremes and maybe our culture's tendency to like put ourselves in camps. Like I'm, I'm in this camp or I'm in that camp. I'm in the camp of, of depressed, uh, depressed unwellness. Okay. I'm in the camp of healthy wellness as opposed to maybe something in, in the middle, so to speak, or like a slower progression, like not as extreme. Anything to share about that? Yeah, because I'm an extreme person. I'm all in or I'm all out. So I can totally resonate with that completely. And, you know, we hear the word balance very often. And where, where is that balance? You know, where do we find that balance of what's good? Because when you do things that are extreme, like I do, at some point, you're going to burn the candle from three ends. And then you're like, fuck, now I'm, I'm going the other way. I think a big component of wellness is the mental aspect and the emotional stuff. And literally, you know, like doing that emotional colonic to release the pains and the, and the traumas that are so deeply stored in our cells, those memories, those incidences, um, 
that if we don't work with them, they manifest as disease. So I think that that is a large component. And the problem with that is so many of us don't want to face that. So many of us don't want to go back to those memories or those things that really morphed us, changed us, harmed us, hurt us. Um, And I think unpacking that stuff is just so important. And I think that's the equilibrium to living in a balanced space because when you remove those barriers of those traumas that create your habits and create your thoughts, when you undo those and then you bring in new thoughts and create new habits surrounding healthy stored memories and things in ourselves that aren't going to manifest into disease, I truly believe that's where we find the balance and you can be in that happy medium of what's good. That doesn't mean, you know, I'm, I don't drink, but that doesn't mean I will never have a glass of wine or go out with friends and get totally fucking rocked one night. I will for sure. I will is, but it's very seldom. Um, that doesn't mean that I'm not going to eat French fries ever again in my life. I will. I will. I'll eat things that I want to eat when I want to eat them, but I'll still stay within my boundaries that serve me and not make bad habits of bad habits. And that's what I work on every single day. So even where I am now in my journey of every two years, I like to do an extended fast, but where I've changed and acknowledged is my exercise. So yeah, I work out seven days a week. But instead of flying on the treadmill at like a 4.3 at a 10 incline, I've kicked it down a notch. So it takes me an extra 10 minutes to get my six kilometers. Um, and I'm not, I don't feel like I'm abusing my body and working myself into a burnout. I enjoy it. I love getting on the treadmill now and walking. I love that I know three times a week I'm going to go train my body to lift weights and that's it. And to some people, that's a lot. But for me, it serves me in a way. It's instrumental to being healthy. Um, I no longer work out to punish myself. I work out because it makes me feel really good. And I've toned it down. I've changed the obsessive behaviors that I once had around that. And if I want to take a rest day, and this week, a rest day to me just meant a little bit less, I took it and it served me. Um, So I think that's how I could best answer that question. Hmm. How about this notion of kind of looking at ourselves in the third person? So like for you to consider like, what does Leslie need? Like what is the best thing for Leslie and seeing yourself as Leslie's caretaker? Have you worked with that at all? Like basically like looking in from a different perspective. Yeah. Kind of like zooming out, uh, kind of uh, maybe we can consider this our our higher self. So the higher self zooms out and then sees, you know, the, the persona of who we are, so to speak. So you're like looking at Leslie and, and you know, Leslie better than anyone. And so almost like talking to her, like planning Leslie's life for her because you know her so well, shouldn't you be the best, the best one Mm. to make those decisions? Sure. Great question. And I've, I've never looked at it that way. I think I would tell myself the things that I don't want to really hear, but no really serve me. So like get off of clubhouse at night and like go to fuck to bed, like make sure your start 
prioritizing your sleep, which is the most restorative and regenerative aspect of health, like go to bed, do it sooner, turn off, take one full day where you're not obligated to answer your phone or feel pressured to answer your phone, especially in a space of service where I've made myself completely reachable to just about anybody that reaches out to me and reaches out to ask me a question. I feel like I have to get back, but I think I have to understand that people understand people and that if I take 24 hours and then come back to twice the amount of work, that it's okay. Um, and I would, I would echo to myself truly when I need to slow down to listen to those cues, be like, breathe, you know? Um, and I would also listen to, you know, maybe you need to take longer moments of silence or you need to take a moment to just be instead of constantly on. So I think looking in, I would say that to myself and I think intuitively, like I know that, um, but sometimes those things are more difficult to do um, for, for whatever reason, because I feel like I'm working 25 hours in a day and there's really only 24 hours. So I think just looking at things like that. And obviously now when we're in a space where like I used to travel quite a bit, I would take off for a weekend and I actually like to be on my own when I travel, like, because I get to just be with myself, even though I'm connected and I have my phone. Um, you know, I miss things like live music and going to a Dave Matthews show every weekend because I can and just disconnecting. Even if I go by myself, I don't care because I can be, there and I can truly, truly turn off. So I think in third person, I need to have more silence and I have to disconnect a little bit more. And it's difficult. It's really difficult to do it. And it's not because I have a fear of missing out really. It's more of, I don't want to get so far behind, you know, even, even just recording a podcast for an hour where, you know, I'm not answering my phone. I know when I turn it on, the overwhelming response that's there for me to get back to. So I think for me, that's something that I would say to myself looking in. Yeah, it seems like maybe there's this balance to be found between like pressure, like good pressure to like accomplish and, and do, and then also just like relaxing and and taking it easy. And like, what is that meeting place between the, those two perspectives? Yeah. And I think downtime for me, and that's exactly, you know, every summer, um, traditionally, I like to go to Israel. And I like to take two months, sometimes three, sometimes it's very difficult to come back to just refill and to recharge. And that for me is the sea. That for me is the sun. That for me is the fresh foods, the smells, the, the culture of of just being, and I'm so happy there. I'm so happy. I'm happy right now. But when I'm there, when I speak to my friends back home or we get on a FaceTime, they're like, oh my God, like less, like this is, this is like, you're so happy. Um, and then they're like, well, why don't you go live there? And I'm like, because I don't want to live there. I just want it to be a place that I can go when I want to refill my soul and recharge and then I come back 15 times stronger and just become like a bulldozer and do what I have to do until I get to that point. And it's interesting because I didn't get that last year. So I didn't get that recharge and reset. 
And this summer, I don't know. Like, I don't know what the fucking world's a disaster, right? There's all this crazy shit happening. And I don't know if I'm going to get there. And I'm starting right now, which is April, almost May, is when I start to feel the heaviness of everything. And it's exactly almost by the time we get to August, it's just like, even June, like between June and August, I'm just like, ugh, like I'm full, I'm going to throw up, like I need to stop. Um, And that's just the cycle. That's my cycle. So I hope that I can sun and sand um, and be in Tel Aviv this summer or Spain or just outside of where I've been feeling trapped, um, so to speak, just because of regulations that I don't want to have to deal with for for the most absurd reasons. Um, So, yeah. Going back to what we were talking about in terms of your mission, and helping other people. How do you kind of walk the line between like teaching others, right? And maybe like talking at them and talking with them and, and simply sharing what works for you and what your experiences have led you to find. Is it important for you to kind of consider those things, right? Cause it seems like no one, at least most people don't really want to be talked at and, and told, right? They want to be like an active participant in their own wellness. hundred percent. I thrive really well two ways. One, I love questions. I love people to ask their questions and then I could respond directly and respectfully to their question. I'm also going to do it in a very no poo-poo, flowery, sugar way. Like you're going to ask me a question, be prepared to hear the truth. Be prepared to hear what you probably don't want to hear, but you really need to hear. So there's that. And I'm not, I like to lead by example. So I will share from my perspective of what I do. And then if I'm working with my clients, I always tell them, I'm happy to work with you. I am not going to take your money if you're not willing to do the work. And that work looks like X, Y, and Z. And there's really no gray area to do it your way. Like, And it's not that it's my way. It's the way that I am knowledgeable about. It's the way that essentially works. And I think that I'm not a judgy person when it comes to this. You know, I want people to feel comfortable that they can come and that they can learn. So I think educating has its own way of, you know, delivering itself or the way that I deliver education, people seem to like. I mean, I've built a community that's quite sizable because of the way that I do things and the way that I approach things that often I have words of that's really refreshing. You're a breath of fresh air. I would have never thought about it that way. I love the way that you deliver it. And you know that I hate the word authentic. Like I absolutely despise that word. I really? think it's a shitty word because Why? I think it, yeah, I do. I think because I truly believe like you never have to tell somebody you're authentic. It's a character trait. You either feel it and see it or you don't. But when you have to announce it, like you're, you're getting on an airplane. Um, I don't believe it. <laughs> I question people. Well, couldn't that be with any, anything though? Yeah. But like specifically, like, it's like, it seems like it's a pretty trendy word. Authentic. You're authentic, but you're on Instagram with fucking 10,000 filters and not telling your truth <laughs> and you're authentic. Okay. And you have to announce it and be like, I am so 
authentic. Well, fuck you. I don't believe you. Show me you're authentic. You know, that's an action. Um, that That's a frequency. Right. But I would... I would say that's more about the um, the announcing aspect of it and not the actual work. Right. Like if you said to me, Avi, Leslie, I think you're so authentic. Thank you. And if I want to tell you, Avi, I think you're so authentic. That's me picking up on your character. That's me picking up on your vibe, your energy. That's not you announcing to me, I'm authentic. Or if you're going into a job interview and you're like, oh, I'm really authentic. Like I would laugh if I was hiring you. I'd be like, don't use that word. Let me be the observer and let me come to that decision that you're authentic. But with that said, I, right. I think I stand in my truth and I think that I have excellent intentions and fantastic integrity. And again, I think that's received. And I think that's why one day I would love to stand on a stage in front of thousands of people and just watch them watch me and pick up on all of that energy for them to be like, who the fuck is this girl? Like, where did she come from? You know, because I think there's a way that you can hold space for people and you can captivate them and engage them. And I don't think everybody's capable of doing that. I think that's a skill. I think that's a gift. So I think that's why I am where I am in my life and doing what I do and why people ask for my opinion. You know, I always say like, my friends are like, why do people ask you those questions? I'm like, I don't know. You know, there are so many people you could ask those questions to. And I get, <laughs> honestly, I mean, there must be at least anywhere from hundred to 200 requests every day of people just wanting my advice. So and I, I'm flattered and I'm humbled by that, you know, that I could speak to a community of 50,000 people and growing that they actually give a shit about what I have to say and that they thank me for it. I'm like, you're welcome. You know? So uh, I don't know. I think it's all in the deliverance and I think it's holding space, being compassionate and, you know, you can't always understand somebody, you know, that's another thing that's really annoying. Someone says something that you absolutely can't fucking relate to. And you're like, I totally understand where you're coming from. Fuck you. You're lying. You have not a single clue. Um, and I think people have to be mindful of that. You can resonate with somebody and you could try to, you know, feel what that may have felt like, but it's like the same question you asked before, unless you've really been there, you can't talk about it. You can't, you can't, it's not fair, you know? So that's another thing. Like, I can talk about mental health. I can talk about gut health. I can talk about hormones and fertility. I can talk about detoxification and cannabis because those are all things that I've had to do for myself first. Um, and I have a complete understanding of that. And again, going back to that intuition where I can tap literally right into people's souls, um, I can I can guide them. But I won't always say to them, I understand where you're coming from. Going back to what you mentioned about judgment and not really being interested in, in judging other people or um, evaluating them in the sense of like, how good, good are you? How bad, bad are you? Like, I sense that from you as well. I think that that's, that's accurate. I don't, I don't feel that from you. So it makes me think about just like moving beyond that, like, is there a part of you that like yearns to 
move beyond that that place where we're like assessing each other and just let's let's get beyond the bullshit and just get healthier right like the health and wellness is just the priority like who i am doesn't even matter what matters is how good i can feel right and you know i i hear people who will let's let, let's use anxiety or depression just as an example because i think many people may understand what that is and they'll tell me i don't want to change my diet I want to eat cheese and I want to eat sugar and I want to eat processed food and I want my ruffles and I want all the shit in the world. Okay. And I'm okay with being on medication. Those are your choices. I can't help you. I can't change that for you if, if, if you don't want to change. And, and that's not me judging you. That's me having the experience of working with thousands of people who wanted to change their life, who didn't want to stay on medication, who didn't want to eat the way that they were eating, who wanted to learn, who wanted to evolve, who wanted to change. So as humans, we all fucking judge. We judge people every day. Even if we don't want to, we do it. We do it. That, that that's, that's humans. And I think you can judge people positively. And I think you can judge people negatively. But being mindful of how and why you're judging. So someone said to me today, we were in a group and they asked a question and you know, I said, you know, like, I'm really never going to judge you, but like, I will judge you if you eat dairy, like <laughs> straight up. Like if you eat dairy, I'm going to judge you just because it is so fucking bad for you. And everything that the dairy industry has told you is a complete crock of shit. And I'm going to judge people who eat dairy, especially people who are eating dairy and have eczema and psoriasis and depression and anxiety and inflammation and just about everything under the sun. I'm going to judge you for that because it is a bad habit and it is something you have such control over. And if you wanted to just put a teeny bit of effort into it, you could change it. But in terms of physical things, I never judge anybody. I'll never walk by somebody that whatever it is, a disability, uh, a mutation, uh, I will never judge someone. I would actually love to ask people their stories. I wish sometimes I just would be like, Hey, like, what's your story? You know, like just randomly walk up to people because I think we just don't realize in our lives, we, we, we don't, it's not the acceptance, but we really just truly don't realize the shit people go through. We don't. So I try and live in a space now as I get older and as I've worked on my internal self and worked and done the child work and the inner child work is that everybody has a story and there's no space to live in ego. I don't put myself higher than anybody. I don't put myself lower than anybody. I look at humans as equal across the playing field. And then humans have the decision to correct their path and to course correct and to make changes in their life, but they have to want to, they have to want to do those things. Nobody can make you do anything. You can come and work with me and pay me, but if you're not going to change and you're not going to do the work, I can't help you. I can't do, nobody can do, I can't say to you, Avi, I want to lose a hundred pounds. Can, can you help me? And you're like, sure, I'll run on the treadmill and I'll eat well and it'll just uh, wear off on you. It doesn't work like that. You know, I can't, I can't do that for anybody. But th this is the most challenging aspect, I think, uh, of life in a way is that like, like accepting this that no matter how badly I want to help 
someone else. And this is what's so interesting on the path of service. No matter how badly I want to, like you said, like I don't have control over other people. I can't. Right. And I think about it all the time in my life and people that I care about and love, you know, like yeah. how can I possibly get through to them? Like what, what can I do to help them? And the best, sometimes you can't, the best, well, you can't. And the best answer that, that I've come to is simply be, be the example, you know, that, that, that I have faith in that more than anything I'm going to say, any information I'm going to present to them, like simply getting very serious about being the example. Like if I want to help other people and serve them, then I just need to show them an example and let them see it and have something click inside them that says, oh, okay, he's doing it. Yeah. So maybe I can do it too. Yeah. You become a reflector. That's what it is. You become a reflector. So that's exactly it. You answered like your own statement. like, And they might never see it too. And that's fine. And that's okay. And that's okay. You have to do Avi and you have, to, and I have to do Leslie. And I walk in the, in the path that serves me the best, that makes me feel the best. And when people are like, do you have Botox? Like, are you fucking out of your mind? Do you know who you're talking to? I would never put that fucking poison in my face. I couldn't give a shit about that stuff. I would never do that. But if you want to do it, go for it. If it makes you feel fucking amazing and you think that's going to take away your migraine and deal with the, the root cause, go for it. That's your body. That, do what you want. I have no say in that. But no. You know, why is your skin glowing? What products do you use on your skin? Uh, I drink a lot of water. Okay. That's an example. You know, like those things to me are just, like you said, you have to be an example. And that's the whole, that, that differentiates people from being pushy and obnoxious to being truthful. And here we go. Authentic is by being an example of what your best self is and knowing where you can fine tune things that don't serve you. It's like, I'm plant-based and I've been plant-based since I was 12. I will never shove it down anybody's throat except for dairy. I judge you. Except for dairy. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I judge you, but I will never ever put that and shove it down your throat. But when people come to my place for dinner, there's definitely abundance of plant. I have no problem cooking fish and meat and chicken for other people. Absolutely. You, you do you, I can cook it. I was blessed with gold hands in the kitchen. Like, let's be real. But after they come that first time, they're like, what vegan meal are we going to have? I loved what you made. And that's just, again, by leading with the example, this is how I eat. You want to try it? Let me know that you're starving and miserable after you've eaten at my table, you know? So it's just by leading by example. And that that's the good and the bad, right? People have to be able to see the shitty parts and the bad times. And I try and be very straightforward and honest when I don't have a good day. And when I'm not feeling 110, Leslie, like I let people see that because I don't want people to think that like I'm any different than them in the sense that I don't have down dates and I don't, you know, right now I'm not on the struggle bus, but that doesn't mean I'm never going to be on the struggle bus. I mean, shit, that thing stops at all corners. Like chances are I'll get back on it at some point, but how I ride that bus and instead of riding shotgun, maybe I'll sit in the back and just be able to offload those tools a little bit differently 
so that I don't stay stuck in a position for too long. Yeah. I love that. Maybe that's uh, a good place for us to close. Let's close. Is there anything else that, uh, that you felt like sharing today? I love the way that you ask questions of And I love that you said yes to coming here and offering to just dive a little bit deeper with me um, and to share and have perspective, you know, that maybe I wouldn't have been sharing um, if I wasn't asked the right question. So I'm, I'm really grateful for you. And um, I love being in your sphere and learning from you, even mm. though you may not realize that you're teaching, you're, you're always teaching and, and I'm watching and I'm listening. And I love your example and I love your authenticity. Um, and I love your, your willingness to share and be open and to be vulnerable. And for a man, I think that is something that you need to keep leading by example and showing them um, because you do it really well and you're very in touch with yourself. Um, and I love that about you. Um, and I, I just love the way you lead um, and who you are. So I hope you never change. I hope you continue to expand mm. and grow and just being honest with yourself and being truthful with yourself because you're fantastic. Mm. Wow. Thank you, Leslie. And um, yeah, there's, there's a lot I want to reciprocate and, and, and say back to you um, about how I feel, but um, I think I'll keep it simple because it's really beyond words, but uh, I appreciate you. I believe in what you're doing. I feel, I feel your journey a bit. I really do. And I just uh, want to say that, that I support you and wish you all the best of things. Keep, keep going. Thank you, Avi, and thank you for coming. And thank you guys for listening. And I hope that you have a little bit more of who, who I am and that Avi curated a really great set of questions. And we're going to have Avi come back because he's just so great. And I love the way that you open me up and um, encourage me to expand and share. So thank you for listening to the Holistic Bitches Unfiltered podcast with myself, Leslie Rubinoff, and Avi Gordon today. And I look forward to every single episode that's coming and every episode that's yet to even be thought up of, because I know it will continue down the line of epic geniusness and fantastic, raw, uncut, uncensored conversations. So till next time, my friends, peace, love, laughter, healing, and never forget to fucking laugh. Thank you for tuning in to the Holistic Bitches Unfiltered podcast. I hope you got what you came for and you're eager to return for future episodes. My one ask is that you hit the subscribe button and if you could be so kind to leave a raving review. Sending you so much love, light, healing, and inspiration to be a better you. Peace out, friends.